This morning we're going to continue in the book of Ephesians. We started two weeks ago looking at the armor of God. We've been looking for, uh, according to my notes, now 17 weeks at the book of Ephesians. Um, last time we talked about the belt of truth and how important truth is. Everything that, is, that we find in the book of Ephesians here when we're talking about spiritual warfare, every, all the different components of that warfare anchor to truth. Truth is first. If you don't have truth right first, you're going to miss everything else. Nothing else is going to have anything. It won't hang on anything. We talked about it just a little bit before the service started or as the service started. You're struggling with drugs and alcohol. You're probably struggling because of some other hurt. Deal with the hurt first. Then you can... You've got to be honest, be truthful about the hurt. Then you can overcome the drugs or the alcohol. You can overcome the addiction. If you don't deal with the, the hurt, if you don't deal with the truth, if we don't get to the beginning of it, the root of it, then you'll never be able to deal with it. And that's true in, in all of life. I don't care what it is. I, I don't care what it is. If you, if you feel rejected by everybody and everything around you, you're going to find a way that's going to show up and manifest itself all kinds of different ways around you. But the reality is, the truth is, you need to deal with the rejection inside of you. So, so we talked a little bit about truth. And um, God really can't help us if we don't, if we're not honest. We really tie his hands when we're not honest. Uh, he brings up, I, I honestly believe this, I, from, from, the, from the bottom of my heart, I believe that, that God pinpoints things in our life and we will want to walk the other way. We, we want to look at something else. So, well, the problem is this, when the reality is there's a hurt, there's, a, there's something that we're avoiding inside because it's hard to deal with. It's hard to deal with. When, when, you, when you deal with, uh, I don't care whether it's AA or NA or when you deal with celebrate recovery or whatever it is, you get to the step where we talk about confessing and con- confession and getting that junk out and getting to the real roots of it. And we just had a conversation not that long ago. One of the guys said, this is where most people fail. This is where most people fall back. They'll actually fall back because they don't want to deal with the junk that's in them. It's a whole lot easier for me to look at the problems in my son's life well, he's got this problem, and he's got that problem. Ram's got this problem. You got that problem. Y'all got those problems. Y'all are this. But reality is, I've got junk in my life that I need to deal with. Belt of truth. Spiritual warfare. Understand. Understand. I've had people say, well, you know, I'm really glad you're dealing with spiritual warfare, Pastor. You can pray all you want, but if you haven't dealt with your own junk inside, you're just, you're just throwing spitballs at the ceiling. Right? You're not, you got to deal with the junk that's in you first. So uh, getting to the truth, getting to, to, to dealing with what's going on in our own life. If we don't want to forgive or if we don't want to love or if we don't want to sacrifice, then guess what? God's, God cannot move in our life. I'm going to go back to our text this morning, Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. Finally, uh, King James says, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it is against rulers and it is against authorities and against powers of the dark, of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Did you get that? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle. If Raymond and I got a problem, it's probably not Raymond and I. There's probably something in there, a spiritual force in there that wants, I love this guy. 
I love him like a brother. He looks like my brother. He's not my brother. But I love him like a brother. And so if there's something in there, it's probably not from him and it's probably not from me. The Bible calls that a scheme of the enemy, by the way. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it is against rulers and authorities, against powers of the dark of this world, against spiritual forces in in heavenly realm. Therefore, because of that, therefore, put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground after having done everything to stand. Stand firm, therefore, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and request. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. I want you to understand something. Do you realize it didn't say a whole bunch? Okay, look at me. He's just adjusting the thermostat. Don't worry about it. Sit down, man. You're drawing people away. It is not about God doing most of this stuff. It's about us doing most of this stuff, right? You all didn't like that. Like, what, what, wait a minute. God, does God does it all. He does it all. But we have to put on the belt of truth. You have to acknowledge sin in your life. You have to acknowledge hurts in your life. You have to, you have to, we have to, I have to put on the breastplate of righteousness. doesn't say stand like this and let God put on the breastplate of righteousness, right? That's not the instruction. Put your name in the box. Tim, put on the breastplate of righteousness, Right? Well, we're up to four. I might convince you all by the time it's all done. In addition to this, he says in verse 16, take up the shield of faith. In addition, God's going to give you the shield of faith? No, that's not what it says. How many of you know when it comes to spiritual warfare, how many of you know when it comes to dealing with things in your own life, you got to deal with them? I have to deal with them. Jesus Christ himself could be here and pray for a complete healing for Teddy, and if he doesn't want it, you think it's going to happen? Struggle with alcohol, struggle with... No, he's not. Just an example. Struggle with drugs, struggle with alcohol, struggle with all this. Jesus could come here and pray for deliverance. If he doesn't want it, you think he's getting it? What happened in Scripture? People walked away, right? They walked away. There's something that we have to do in the process of this thing. Does that make sense? Spiritual warfare is far more about pressing into Christ than it is standing on a bunch of rules and regulations. We have to get closer to Jesus. We have to work at doing that ourselves. We have to press in. He doesn't do that for us. Right? You're struggling with this. I get it. You've maybe never heard anybody tell you that you're part of faith here. You're part of the answer. The answer's not just going to overwhelm you. You don't just get, to, you don't just get to, to let God take over. So Paul says that we need to, or, uh, uh, here we find in 
<laughs> Paul saying, yeah, we need to pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So he talks about this breastplate of righteousness and, and the fact that we need to live out righteousness. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, whether you know it or not, when you decided to follow after Jesus, you signed up for a battle. You signed up for a war. Do you know that? I mean, maybe you read the fine print. I didn't. I didn't know it. But that's the reality. You've enlisted in a battle. And we believe that there are dark forces. Satan is one of the names. Demons, we believe those things are real. Um, And the only way that we're going to be successful in this is that as we press into Christ. Look at what Paul says in Romans chapter 13. He says, rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the sinful, your, the, sin, the desires of your sinful nature. Paul's saying, listen, what we need to do is we need to gratify ourselves, press into clothe ourselves. How many of you got clothed this morning? I just want to tell you all I'm grateful. You got clothed this morning. You did something. You got up. You put on the pants yourself. You put on the shirt yourself. That's all good. Well, we need to clothe ourselves in Christ. He said, rather than trying to gratify your sinful nature, clothe yourself in Christ. Now, I'm not talking about going out and being a heathen and doing all kinds of bad and evil and nasty stuff, but sometimes we just seek after the world. Sometimes we're, we're trying to be a good person even. We're doing okay stuff, but we're still gratifying our sinful nature. It's all about me, right? And, and Paul says, instead, what I want you to do is clothe yourself with Christ. Put on the full armor is to be clothed with Jesus Christ himself. And since that's the case, we find that spiritual warfare is actually more about close, getting close to Christ and letting him do the battle, Right? We don't have to do a whole lot of the battling when we close in on Christ, when we get closer to him. I believe that there's an enemy. I believe we need to pray. I believe we need to stand against evil forces. I believe we need to be praying for our city. All that stuff is really real. But I also believe in our own life, the more that we deal with with who God has called us to be, if he's he's dealing in our hearts with something, we need to be honest and deal with it. And that is a huge part of a spiritual battle. The breastplate of righteousness today is what we're talking about. The Roman soldier typically had a breastplate. It was made of bronze or iron scales. Those scales would have been about an inch wide, probably three inches long. They would have been attached to a leather vest underneath, and that leather vest then was anchored to the belt. It actually attached to the Roman soldier's belt so that when he was in combat, when he was in battle, he could move, and as he moved, that breastplate, that righteousness, almost think of it as body armor, was actually attached to the belt so that there was no opening for a sword to go into. So these bronze or, or iron plates would actually, copper plates would actually cover the chest, would cover the, the stomach, would cover our guts. How many of you have ever had a gut feeling? You're at a gut feeling. You just need, that covers our heart. How many of you got, you just know in your heart of hearts, man, there's something going on. We need God to cover our heart. How many of you ever thought to yourself, you know, you just ought to follow your heart? You ever heard somebody say, just follow your heart? Just follow your heart. What, yeah. <laughs> what does the Bible say about our heart? It is wicked, right? Our heart's wicked. Well, I just want to follow my heart. You're going to end up in trouble, brother. Not 
not now, right now. You're going to be in trouble soon. I mean, we need our our heart. We need our our loins. You know, the Bible talks about uh, about our our in the our bowels. Talks about knowing God in our stomach. It's really true. We'll, we'll read a little bit more about that. We need that protected. We need to be clothed in Christ. Again, a Roman Paul was talking to people who would have understood this, but we discovered that truth comes first and then there's this protection. Truth holds everything together. The breastplate covers the vital organs. The, again, the heart, the stomach. It's like a bulletproof vest for people. And Paul's readers, they, they understood that. They were thinking about a, a Jewish mindset. When they spoke about their heart, they, they spoke about their heart as, their, as this gut feeling that they had. They just knew it inside of them. So Paul is, is dealing with that. Listen to what he says in Matthew chapter 15. Out of the heart comes evil thoughts, right? It's, it's, so the breastplate was to protect, was to protect. Even today, we need protection. We have this gut feeling or a gut ache. Lonnie's one, oh, it just gives me a gut ache. Just gives me a gut ache to think about that. Just think about that. He starts thinking about somebody in trouble. Oh, it just gives me a gut ache. Right, Linda, you've heard him say that more than once. Oh, it just gives me a gut ache. We just, we feel it there, right? We feel it. Sometimes our gut feeling is something we need to go on. It's like, ah, I got this gut feeling. We need to go. Well, here's the deal, folks. That all needs to be protected in righteousness, in God's righteousness, so that we're not just going off on our own feelings, our own emotions. We need, we need Christ in that. We need to, be, to begin. Let, so we start out by defining the word righteous. Okay? The word righteous, the root word of that is actually straightness. Straightness. What's le- you know that the human eye can see level within three one-hundredths of an inch. you have any idea how messed up my world can be at times? <laughs> you know, this beam is not on, centered on that doorway. It's never been centered on that doorway. It drives me nuts. It drove me nuts since the day I walked in here. Couldn't figure out why. Righteousness is about plumb. It's about level. It's about a straightness. This level, my dad, okay. <clears throat> my dad for years, had a level, and he was convinced that the level was not level. <laughs> he was convinced that it was not. He'd set that thing up on a doorway, and we'd shim it, and we'd work it, and we'd get it, and he'd walk away. Man, I got to get a new level. That thing, I hate this level. It's not le-. So he'd shim it so it looked level to his eye, and it was wrong every time. His eye was a... 300th off. I don't know what it was, but he, he was convinced. Well, this level is level, folks. This level is level. Regardless of my eye, this level is level. Righteousness, God's righteousness, is there's a straightness to his righteousness, whether I like it or not. Right? You don't have to like, do you know in Washington, D.C., there's actually a building called the National Institute of Standards and Technology. This facility is responsible for storing, as close as we can, perfect samples of weights and measurements. 
they have what are called prototypes of pound weights and kilogram weights and rods for measuring feet and yards and metric measurements. All of these things they have a standard for. We, somebody just didn't decide one day, well, I think an inch should be this long. Where'd that come from? Somebody set the standard, right? When you're talking fish, I know that this is not where the standards are. You know, I caught me a fish that was about, we're going to start with a fish that's this big. And the truth is, it's usually about this far from shore, but it was about that big, right? We Sometimes we get that mixed up. Our standards are wrong. But the standard of righteousness doesn't come from you and me. The standard of righteousness has nothing to do, as a matter of fact, with us. The standard of righteousness comes from Jesus Christ, right? God is the one who sets the standard for what righteousness is, not what I feel or not what I think. What I think has nothing to do with righteousness, right? Righteousness comes from God and comes from his word. He is the one who sets the standard. So we're not going to get a chance to cover it all today, is no real big surprise. (laughs) But there are three aspects of righteousness that I want to talk about. Three aspects, there are three possibilities. The first aspect that I want to talk about is what we would call self-righteousness. How does that work for most of us? Right? You can describe a self-righteous person. You can tell them generally by the way they walk. They walk into the room and you go, whoo I want to go, I want to go. There's an arrogance that comes with self-righteousness, right? I'm not talking about confidence. I'm talking about somebody who thinks they got their poop together. And that you know, we think, there are, you know, there are people that think they can get into heaven just by their own self-righteousness, right? We try and we try and we try. The apostle Paul was that way. The Apostle Paul, you can read about the Apostle Paul throughout the book of Acts. He tried so hard to get into heaven with his own self-righteousness that he went around killing people. <laughs> right? Like, you, 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 you're, you're not following the law. Well, where's, where gonna, you think you're going to follow Jesus? You think Jesus is something? Kill that one. Drag him out. They're no good. They were literally dragging people out of their houses based on their own self-righteousness. And you say, well, pastor, you know, nobody does that today. Really? Really? Give me some examples. I'll give you a chance to participate. How do we, how do we try to buy our way into heaven with our own self-righteousness? Good works, that's a good one. What does good works look like? come to church every Sunday, which is great, I'm glad. But does that get you into heaven? What about giving? Giving's a good one, right? Boy, I gave all kinds of stuff to the church last year. I gave gave thousands, thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. That's good, we don't mind. But does that get you into heaven? You can't buy your way in. What about praying? I pray for three hours a day. That's good. You pray for me three hours a day, that's good. Does that get you into heaven? You know, back in the day, the, 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 uh, the Pharisees were really good about this. They, they, would, they would do all their prayers on the corner. They'd be all dressed. They'd do everything so, so that everybody could see. You know, there was actually a group of Pharisees called the Bloody Pharisees. I love telling this story. 
There was a group of Pharisees called the Bloody Pharisees. And what they would do is they would cover their eyes so that they were not tempted to look at, well, any worldly thing, but in particular women. They'd keep their eyes covered. So all they could see was about this much in front of them. And they called them bloody Pharisees because they'd walk into poles and they'd walk into buildings and they'd have gashes here and there because they were bloodied because they were trying to do all of their self-righteousness. Does that buy you a spot into heaven? Doesn't do it, does it? There's another kind of righteousness. Well, Isaiah says of this, uh, this personal or this self, all of us have become like the one who is unclean and all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. We live in a culture today where people think they can do all this on their own. And you cannot, I cannot. Our righteousness, the Bible says, is like filthy rags. Recent surveys show that 70% of Americans believe that their own righteousness is adequate to give them to heaven. 70%. I got one that's even worse for you, a statistic that's even worse. Evangelical Christians, a full 40%, believe that their salvation is based on their good works. 40% of people who go to evangelical churches who preach the gospel believe that salvation, their good works, is going to get them to heaven. It ain't going to happen. Are good works good? Sure, they're good, but they come after us. They follow after us. We don't follow after them. We don't chase after good works. Is it good to help the neighbor? Absolutely. Do we want to reach out and and help somebody who needs help? Absolutely we want to do it. But let's do it based not on trying to get into heaven, but based on the fact that we're already there. We've already been accepted. We've already got his righteousness in us. Now let the good works flow, right? That good works that, that comes to us is, is not self-righteousness, but it's imputed righteousness. Imputed righteousness. It means righteousness was given unto us. We get to walk in somebody else's righteousness. Uh, Bryce, come on up here. And uh, Brian, why don't you come on up here. And Grace, come on up. So here's kind of how it looks. Kind of looks like this. Grace owns this restaurant. Okay, and she's got this, we'll just make some room, we'll make some room. Come on up. So Grace owns this restaurant, and these guys are trying to get into the restaurant. I'm just a, I'm just a waiter, that's all I am, I'm just a waiter. But she's got some rules, she's got some regulations, and one of her rules to get on a restaurant is, you need a suit jacket. You need a suit jacket. What's that? Okay, so I'm going to let somebody into the restaurant, but they have to have a suit jacket. I'm getting her to share my microphone. I'm not trying to kiss her, okay? We're just <laughs> sharing microphones. She just elbows me. So we got to have, so these guys want to get in. Hey, all right, we got a table for you right over here, but before you can come in, you got to have a suit jacket. You got a suit jacket? With you here today, right now? What are you going to do about that? You have one. You know what? I got this friend named Jesus who just happens to have a suit jacket and you get to use it. Not so bad, not such a bad fit. Come on in, you can be part of our restaurant now. What about Brian? You got his jacket? You, maybe you can head back over to your chair and try and make one. You think you could make one between now and... You probably, 
Yeah, we only got about three minutes. Ain't going to happen, is it? Yeah, Lunchtime's even at noon. If we wait 20 minutes, probably not going to happen. It's okay. I'll let you into my restaurant because I have another jacket. It might not match your shorts, <laughs> but that's okay because you can sit by Bryce because his doesn't match either. And see, now, this is an imputed right. I've given them something. They can use this jacket just like it's theirs. It, for this period of time, you can come on into my restaurant now, Grace's restaurant, you can sit down. Be, and you can actually, or now you can actually, or, can they order now? How come they can order? They got their suit jacket on, right? So Jesus is our righteousness, God the Father says, I want to have relationship with you. I want you to come into my heaven, but you can't because you don't, you're not walking in right. You don't have righteousness. And Jesus says, it's okay. You can use mine. It's so much so that there's a song that we used to sing. I am covered over with the robe of righteousness that Jesus gives to me. I am covered over with the precious blood of Jesus, and he lives in me. When he looks at me, he sees not what I used to be, but he sees Jesus. So when we are walking in this imputed righteousness, God looks down and he's like, Jesus, how you, oh, oh man, that's Brian. You look so much like Jesus. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. That's true. That's true. When we walk in Christ, he sees so much. God looks him down and he doesn't see. He's not looking at you and your sin. He's not looking at everything that's behind you, not looking at your righteousness, not looking at your righteousness. He's looking at Christ because we're in him, right? That's called imputed righteousness. When we put on the breastplate of righteousness, we're not talking about doing all kinds of right things. We're talking about the righteousness that comes from Christ. It's imputed unto you because you believe in him. Beginning and end, that's where it comes from. There's no, nothing about myself in there. You say, well, okay, pastor, but what if I fail? What if I, too bad, put the jacket on, man. I gave you my jacket, you get to use it. But I failed, I, I, I had this thought. I don't care about your thought, I don't see the thought. I'm seeing a jacket. I'm seeing God's righteousness, right? Folks, there's a deep truth here. You gotta grab a hold of this. Because here's the deal. If you don't have the jacket, You're on the outside. He could say, I want to get into this restaurant. Grace says, God over here says, you can't come in until you got my righteousness. And Jesus comes along and says, here, use my righteousness. And Brian says, I don't want your righteousness. I think I can make it on my own. Is he coming in? He's not, right? He's denied that imputed righteousness that comes from Christ. Can we, can we, do, we have, do we have the ability to deny God's righteousness? We do, don't we? Brian can say, no, no, I'm going to try and make it on my own stinky righteousness. And he's not going to make it, right? When we talk about the breastplate of righteousness, we're not talking about our righteousness, there's imputed righteousness, there's self-righteousness, and there's also this thing called imparted righteousness. And imparted righteousness is, is Bryce now. Now he's not just in a restaurant. Now he's walking around with this righteousness on, and righteousness follows behind him because of the way that he lives his life. People are seeing, man, there's something good following behind him. It looks like, it looks like Jesus has been here. 
because he's leaving a trail of that righteousness, of the imputed righteousness. We're going to have to come back to this because we're out of time. But I'm here to tell you, every one of us has the opportunity. And, and so here's the deal when it comes to spiritual warfare. Okay, here's the deal. When you put on this righteousness, God sees Jesus. He doesn't see Bryce. And so the more that Bryce presses into this righteousness the more victory he seems to have in his life, and we can't really even figure out why. I'll tell you why. It's because he's walking in the righteousness of God, right? Does that make sense to us? Spiritual warfare is not all that difficult. Spiritual warfare is about applying God's word. We got the belt of truth, so when God's dealing with you, all kinds of truth in your life, you got to deal with it. When you put on that breastplate of righteousness, all of a sudden we see Christ in there, so does the enemy. But here's the problem. See, if we don't put truth in there, when you decide all of a sudden, okay, I'm going to walk in truth and I'm going to walk in life, but you got sin in your life and you don't admit it, you don't want to be true about it, people look and they're like, I don't, I don't see Jesus anywhere. I don't, that, that's not a Jesus kind of life to me. And all of a sudden we open ourselves up to all kinds of attacks. When in fact, what we need to do is stand in that imputed righteousness, claim it, apply it to our own life. Amen? I want my jacket back. (laughs) Unless you need it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you coming up and helping out. Let's close in prayer. We're going to come back to this in a couple weeks. We'll be talking about righteousness again because I didn't quite get to where I need to be. But I believe over the course of the next couple of weeks, really over the course of your life, what God would have you to do and by way of spiritual warfare is grabbing hold of the truth. Walk in truth first and foremost. That's the anchor. When you get truth down, when God pinpoints something in your life that he needs to deal with, let's deal with that truth. Ask for his forgiveness. Ask for his grace. Ask for his patience. Ask for his life. Ask for him to forgive you. Ask to deal with the truth. And once we grab that truth, we put on his righteousness, not mine. His righteousness. We walk in His righteousness. If you've never asked for that righteousness today, I'm telling you, today is the day. You can ask and God will give you His righteousness. You'll be allowed into the restaurant. Actually, you'll be allowed into the kingdom. That's the reality. That's, that's where real spiritual warfare takes place, being put into His kingdom. God, I thank you for each person who's here today. I thank you for the folks who are watching us online. God, I just pray that as I've been able to share this morning that your word would become clear to us. It's not about some highfalutin thing that we're talking about. We're simply talking about accepting Christ. We're talking about walking in his life. We're saying that your grace, Jesus, your salvation, your righteousness is a gift that's given unto us. It's imputed unto us. All we have to do is walk in that. All we have to do is accept that. And as we do, we're going to find, begin to find victories in our life. We'll find struggles for sure. We'll find struggles for sure. But the truth of the matter is, the ultimate truth is we have life and we have victory in Christ Jesus. We'll have eternal life in Christ Jesus, everlasting life in Christ Jesus. The, the, the failures of this world, the hurts of this world, the pains of this world, the struggles of this world, one day will be behind us because of the truth and the righteousness and the life that we have in Christ Jesus. God, I pray that you will move in our hearts and our lives today in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. If you would like to say, hey, you know what? I need to talk a little bit about that Jesus. 
Uh, I'll be up here front, and you can come and talk to me about it. Bless you. Have yourselves a great day.